0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Mo, and we got a John Green sandwich today. We got John Green in the middle here, one of our uh, Beach Fit and FTX members, but you'll mostly see him on the Beach Fit side around the 4.30 and 5.30 p.m. times. So we're gonna be talking all about the growth mindset today with John. John is someone that we've all, as coaches, had really good conversations with about just how to apply some more broader concepts inside the gym and outside the gym, um, so we wanted to kind of share that and and also feature John as a member because he's just an awesome person we like having around. You're awesome too. Thank you. <laughs> so do you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about how awesome you are. What what should we need? To, what do we need to know about John? Give us the basics.
1: Well, I started uh, playing sports when I was in third grade.
0: I nice. started, started out
1: with football. Most of everything was team sports. Um about 13 years of football, and then in college, I decided that uh, running and football and all the other things I did um, were not serving me as well as they needed to. I was getting having injuries from running, and one summer, I needed a bicycle to get around town, and so I bought a bicycle, and that became my mode of transportation around Boone, North Carolina, as they call it, at ASU. And uh, plug it. And so uh, I found myself riding through the woods to class, that's kind of cool. and started taking jumps and going off-road, and so one thing led to another, I got a mountain bike in about 1986, I started racing mountain bikes. Nice. <clears throat> and so that led to a, a passion for cycling, and uh, brought me up to, in the 90s, I did a lot of cycling. I raced mountain bikes and road bikes, I raced internationally, uh, in Mexico only, but internationally <laughs> sounds good.
0: <laughs> Some illegal races down there. What's going on down there in Mexico?
1: Mostly over the border.
0: <laughs> but, Were you um, also bringing back packages with you? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, So um, I got into cycling and in about 2000 my life uh, got a little complicated and I got off the bike as much as, uh, as I enjoyed being on the bike. And, um, and my fitness level began to wane a little bit but I still kept the bike in my life. And so uh, over the last 20 years I've done more cycling. Than anything, and I've always tried to balance myself out with swimming. And uh, the reason I, I got into um, CrossFit at the time or BeachFit was because my shoulder was killing me. And Zach Summers said, I was seeing Zach Summers, he says, you have to consider going over BeachFit and working out. So Melissa gave me the introduction, signed me up two years ago, and now here I am. So that's that's
2: it. Two years. So, what of those like two years of straight up beach fit really done for you? Let's talk about physically first.
1: Okay, so I like to mountain bike up at Jonathan Dickinson. And what I've noticed is that I've always prided myself to be able to hang out and ride with the younger guys. And so now I can keep up with the younger guys. (laughs) I don't get dropped as much, but I've got a lot more. I can see there's the power, the strength, and the recovery have paid off for me physically. Mentally is a little bit of a ball game.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm really excited to dive in with you today. One thing that I've noticed about the last few months of coaching with you is before and after class, it just seems like it's much more than just an hour of your day. It seems like this has, it's more than just fitness for you. And we've had some really cool conversations. So what has training inside this gym, 45 minutes a day, what has that done for you mindset wise and outside of the gym?
1: Okay. so. I wake up every morning and i put my feet on the floor and i say today's going to be a better day than yesterday and i I go back to my father when i was younger growing up my dad had a copy machine business and so i grew up selling copy machines and that was a tough business putting a suit and tie on every day going out knocking on doors 30 30 people slam the doors in your face um and i learned that if i help enough people get what they need out of life then i usually naturally get what i deserve. And so what I found is that I, I feed off of other people's success. And so when I have an opportunity to connect with somebody and you know, make a positive deposit in their life, then I feel like i have going to have a great day. So no matter what happens, today was a little bit better than yesterday, I'm satisfied with that.
2: That's awesome. In, in sticking with BeachFit for a couple years, has it been a challenge to come to class, or is it those kind of things that keep you... Coming back or is it the adrenaline?
1: The it's a combination of things. I know that physically I'm going to feel better. Mentally, I'm going to feel really good because I, you know I work out of the house and I do the management leadership role, so I have a lot of things feeding up to me. I have to deal with on an hourly basis. It seems like so this is my break. I get to detach. I get to forget about everything. I get to and it's funny because when you get over here, um, no matter what's going on in the office or in your business life, it seems like takes me four minutes to ride my bike here. Within four minutes, I got everything figured out for the day. So I come in, I work out, and uh, I've noticed a difference in the way I feel. My wife calls me two-pack right now because I got a two-pack. And
2: Yay! You're welcome, E. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I I call it a three-pack. But anyways, um, life is good. And I, like I said, I feed off other people's um, success. And so when I see other people take a step in the right direction, I take one small step, I call it one giant small step. Um, it, I feed off of it. It makes me feel good. Yeah.
0: Can you talk about, like, the, the team side of things? I know you've, you've had a lot of emails back and forth with Tony, and he mentioned that you often share, like, how often you use stuff that either we're talking about in the gym, something mm-hmm. he's writing about with your team. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you implement it?
1: Well... Let me think about that for a second. Let me pause. (laughs) I would say that I'm in a a role where I'm I'm able to um, mentor directly and indirectly the people that work directly under me or who work horizontally from me. And what I usually find in what Tony's blogging about or what he's reading about is that there's a component of what he's blogging about that is taking place in my life or it's something I've read or something I'm focusing on. And the last piece I think he and I really connected on was that, you know, we're all one human body and we all have different jobs that we do. So, you know, like, and we all have to work together, just like the muscles of the body. And so individually, you know, a bicep is just a bicep. Built, you can find a bicep with an arm and a leg and a body and a head. you got a human being. And so what I've found is that the coaching here, the, People who work out here have never had a bad vibe coming in or walking out. But I think that we're all, we, this is reflective of the community and really where we fit in as a, as a human, called a species or whatever whatever you want to call it, where we fit in as individuals and as where we fit in as a team. So I'm really satisfied with the way that everybody comes together to make a positive impact in people's lives. Because when you leave here, mm-hmm. people are going to go out and make a positive impact. You know, they're going to be in a better mood. They're going to smile at somebody. They're going to open a door for somebody. they oh, that person's got a flat tire. Let me go help them out, things like that. So I think that the parallels, I think they're universal parallels that are uh, being shared. And I think that when, when you come in, I think the focus really gets down to who you are as an individual and who you are as a, and at your core. And uh, that's about all I can say. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How how do you use that to, um, do you kind of segment out the different roles in your life? Like how do you use this to attack the different roles? Is it mostly just show up in your work stuff or do you try to use it at home, use it on the bike? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you able to translate it that well?
1: I can translate it to the point where no matter how bad you suffer, it's always going to get better. Yeah. Um, And I also believe that you need to be prepared when you go take on a task so for me personally it's getting enough sleep it's getting the right nutrition it's um, showing up and being ready to work out being present at the time so i I think i take that to my job and i take it to my team is you know look first you got to show up right second is you got to help other people get what they want third you got to add value to other people and so what i found is when i come into the gym i feel like i'm adding value to others just by showing up because that's it's a we're encouraging one another just by being present.
0: Yeah. I saw that a lot with, um, when we hit COVID last year, a lot of people were struggling, but a lot of people kept doing it because they saw others doing it. And I think it was really needed at that time, but I think on a smaller scale, it happens every single day. You know, when you show up, you hold, you know, the other people in your class accountable. Um, I also think what's really cool about the dynamic that you have as I've seen this with other people too, is the people, that show up wanting to give the most to others end up getting the most in return. And it's really interesting how that happens. That,
1: that is, it's, it's very easy to say. You open enough people get what they want out of life, you get what you deserve naturally. But just acting it out, you know, it's taken me, it's, I've been practicing that for 30 years. So for me, it just comes naturally. It's, um, like I said, I like to see other people be successful. I like to see other people overcome their obstacles and uh, I like to see how they go out and, and make a difference in the world because of the experiences that they had and the challenges that they've overcome. So I like to be a part of that. I don't, I don't want to be all of it. I just be, I want to be that person that just, it's good to see you today, <laughs> yeah. you know? Work out. The elbow bump. Yeah, elbow bump. Don't pass out. It's, it'll be over with soon. Yeah. Nice.
2: It's always a blessing to see someone who's come from, like, an individualized sport, such as cycling, because I know you've had team sports and then, Cycling was kind of your outlet, but to come into a group environment, you kind of get to focus on other people, and it's like a whole nother level. It's like you're out of your mind. You're uh, it's almost like an out of body experience, and it's just a lot more rich.
1: I like to be pushed. Yeah, I can't push myself as hard as somebody else can, especially professionals. You know, you guys know how to make us suffer, but you, know, <laughs> you make us love ourselves more <laughs> <it> too. <laughs> so, and the other thing I do, I do appreciate is I, I did. You know, I was reflecting on this last night. I said, well, okay, I really miss my team sports, or yeah. I miss my coach, I miss, I miss running wind sprints, or I miss the team camaraderie. Because in cycling, you know, if you unless you have a coach, you're usually training by yourself. And the only time you're involved with a team is when you're racing. And when I was racing, I didn't have a team, so I had to be a teammate of everybody mm-hmm. just to succeed and be successful. So um, I like the team dynamic. I like the coaching dynamic, and I think it, it's made all the difference in, in my path, in my journey right now with you all. I really, I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to being by myself. <laughs> Don't leave us, John. <laughs>
0: no, Do, do you still small. do some stuff on, I mean, I think you do a good amount mm-hmm. on your own as well. Do you find that there's like a balance to both, like a benefit to both, or if you could do everything in a team setting, would you choose to do everything in a team setting?
1: I would do a, a little bit of both. Because uh, one of the things I have noticed is that when I cycle, um, I can leave my house and I say within three pet- pedal strokes, the complications of the day are gone. Mm-hmm. So I like to ride with Jonathan Dickinson from Tequesta. So by the time I hop on my bicycle, three, four pedal strokes, life becomes simpler. Problems get solved a lot easier. But I also spend a lot of time by myself reflecting and thinking. And as I'm out in the woods, and I, I tell my team, you always got to be in motion. You know, your your gaze is going to set your destiny. So when you're out riding a bike, you're looking into the future. You're looking at to where I'm going to go eventually. And then you have to have enough confidence and faith in yourself that your front wheel is going to go where you're looking. Because if you look at your front wheel and you look at a tree, you're going to hit the tree. But if your gaze is set, it's setting the destiny of your your trajectory, your momentum, and where your bike's going to go. So I've got to be by myself. And I've noticed that, too. If I don't get in the woods and I just do nothing but CrossFit, I get cranky. Yeah. And I get congested psychologically, spiritually, mm-hmm. creatively. So
2: You're a wild child. <laughs> That's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, my, I don't know. <laughs> my mom and dad did a great job.
2: Yeah. So I've noticed, especially over the past month, when we've been talking more about, okay, building better people, not just fit people. Have you seen that sprinkled into your classes when we talk about confidence? Has that... Have you noticed that, or has it helped you?
1: It's helped me because I think confidence is—it's um, pretty much like a muscle. You got to work it out to appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, I'm always cognizant of my coach. You know, when you're coaching me, hey, do it this way, do it that. Way. You know, try this. Um, I understand that with patience, my confidence is going to improve because I. have
0: Nice plug. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Wow. We didn't even tell you to say that. That was I, really good.
1: I, <laughs> I studied. <laughs> but um, I'd say my confidence, you know, confidence is really you're confident in some areas and you're you know, you're not confident in others. Yeah. So I think you've got to really understand what you're trying to achieve and achieve it to build your confidence. There's some things like if you told me to go do a clean and jerk with a barbell next door. I'd be like, ugh. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have any confidence. But if I worked out, I practice, I got into it, my muscle memory got good, then I think I'd have no problem with it. So I'd be very confident. in it. If someone told me that I had to uh, stand in front of a thousand people and speak this afternoon, I'd be halfway confident. I <laughs> could get my way through it. But um, I think, like I said, confidence is a muscle, and you've got to always be aware of um, your situation so that you can't you know you authentically understand where you are and have a personal assessment of where you've got to go and commit to yourself to get there. That's pretty much where my confidence lies
0: nice I probably shouldn't have told you that we have 50,000 downloads on every one of our podcasts so <laughs> just kidding <Pressure>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hit my shoulder back. <laughs> so especially when it comes to when I think about okay, personal development and how that fits in with the gym. Sometimes I find that, okay, if I go to the gym, I at least can forget about my problems. But it sounds like when you hit the bike, you're actually trying to solve some things in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. have you felt that balance between, oh, I'm just masking my problems or I'm actually chasing a solution?
1: Chasing solutions. Yeah. Yep. And that's really, I like to journal. And I used to be able to carry a little book around with me. Now I'm technologically savvy. I dictate into my phone when I have ideas into notes. It's a beautiful
0: Same thing. Same here. Yep. Best thing ever. Yep.
1: And if you really figure it out, you can send that to your computer. You can email it to you in a Word document.
2: Oh my gosh. And it's already there. So
1: all you have to do you is guys. cut the
0: There's an app for that.
1: You yep. have it. Yep. So I, I really like to draw um, similarities between nature and the human race. And some of the things that we're dealing with and I usually I think that nature being in nature nature doesn't lie nature does not have an agenda what you see is what you get and if you look at it close enough you can pretty much find a parallel to what you're dealing with to solve your problem and what I try to get away from is I don't like to preach to people I just like to be an influence by being an example And if I can speak to somebody in a way that's non threatening to them or doesn't make them feel or put up a barrier, I can get my message across to somebody a lot easier. So there's a lot of processing that goes on when I'm riding my bike in the woods. And um, stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my goals is to, I I like to write. And I've got about 13,000 words in a fable manuscript. And I'd like to publish that and that's all, it's a, a fable about nature and here for a purpose and we all fit in with meaning and purpose. So, that's so the first, first book, thing you've
0: ever written, like book-wise? Yeah,
1: it's my first book. Nice. So, so it's I finally hired a developmental editor and so I've t- taken the step. And that's, again, confidence. i yeah. remember that before in my life. And with success comes confidence. That's one of the things that we all know is um, you get closer to Achieving your goals, and you get closer to accomplishing what you set out to accomplish, confidence just comes naturally after that. It's, what's the next goal? What else can I go for to improve my confidence while being patient?
2: Hey, don't worry. Give it five more I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Plugging it.
2: So that gets me really, like, hopeful to see that the way that you develop confidence, it's not necessarily, like, I 100% know that I'm gonna succeed, but it's trying and like risking it. So in, say, a typical workout, have you been able to apply that where you're like, I have no idea how this is gonna work out, but I'm gonna try and try to build that trust with myself?
1: Yes, I have, (laughs) especially when I blow up early.
2: No, not you. Uh,
1: There's times I mask it very well. Um, But um, let me rephrase your question. Where, when I work out, do I feel like I have to overcome something that's going to be difficult? I would say the Spartan Race. And uh, that was a tough one for me. Um, It wasn't tough in regards of the work. And the workout was tough. I should have done the advanced. I did just the regular, and uh, I hated myself for it. <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. Oh no! <laughs> so my confidence level <laughs> went way down. So um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I would say there's times when I've come in where I've, I've had to say, okay, dude, you you can get this, and and it's usually in some of the complex movements that I have to work through because I just I don't have that muscle memory yet. So um, it's really allowing, it's really getting me to the point where I've got to focus on the task at hand. And if it's a movement that I'm not so good at, I'm confident that I can go through the motions, but after I've performed the work, after I've gotten better at it, then I'm confident that I can do it and I just move on to something else.
0: Nice. From, go ahead. Oh,
2: what I was thinking of when I have coached you is your ability to remain teachable and coachable Like, has that been a skill that you've had to develop? Or are you naturally just, like, Mm -hmm. teacher's pet?
1: (laughs) No. Trust me, I have an agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got on
0: the podcast, so it (laughs) clearly worked. (laughs) We (laughs) caved. It's
1: all coming together. Um, I would say that I've learned that I, it, part of what i believe in is you should boldly go with those that boldly go with those have gone before you and then draft off of them and so what i like to do is i like to lead but if i don't know and if i have somebody who's given me the, um, their time to impart upon me their wisdom and their experience like that body thing we all have we all fit together perfectly um, you're just helping me be a better me so why wouldn't i want that so thank you for being so good. Oh, are good. <laughs> thank you, mom. Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to ask about kind of like the, the gross mindset, the personal development side of just like, when did that become a thing for you? Like, was that always kind of there? I mean, obviously you probably weren't reading Tony Robbins at age three or whatever, but mm-hmm. maybe you were. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, when, was there something that happened that made you want to dive further into this stuff?
1: Well, I have to thank my dad. Because when I first got out of college, my dad gave me a box of Zig Ziglar tapes and a yellow Walkman that was waterproof. I have no idea why they are waterproof.
0: So you could bike with it.
1: I cut grass. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I, cut, I worked on a golf course after college. So I put on these Zig Ziglar tapes, which, you know, Zig Ziglar, he just, he just lays down the foundations. You know? He's, it's timeless. And so, the one thing, like I said, the one thing I got out of that is, you know, you help people get what they want, you'll get what you need. And so that's what kicked me off into um, self-development. But the other part that kicked me off was that when I started out in business in the late 80s, uh, I was kind of a door-to-door salesman now. Like I said, I was selling copy machines in Boca Raton with a suit and tie on, sweating myself to death in the summertime, trying to find And you learn to be successful under the circumstances. So you take inventory of what your challenges are. And you say, okay, well, I've got to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And if I don't have the tools available to me, where can I get the tools? And that's where it got into the reading and the self-development. So that's, and then, you know, you get into the 90s, you know, business-wise, professionally, everything was good. I got into 2000, and I had to make some really serious decisions in my life to um, get to the next stage of my life in a meaningful and positive way, let's say. And that's where I really um, found that I had to be authentic to my with myself, but also seek out knowledge from others. And so I, I really, I'll read a book. I usually take out of the book like all of us. I take out what applies to me during that time, and I leave. I, leave, I write a lot of notes. But if I got something that um, speaks to me and I want to incorporate it into my life, then I take it with me. So, and I'm also in a position, I'm a leadership position. So I'm always, um, always trying to come up with. Um, presentations and meetings and stories that can help my team achieve their goals as well. So it's self-development, but again, helping others.
0: Well, do you have any favorite um, books or resources over the years that you've come across? That's a great question.
1: (laughs) Well, I would have to say that, uh, like I said earlier, the uh, Algebra of Happiness is a good one. I do like Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty new one, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And I do like the um, Silence is the Key by, oh gosh, what's his name? I'll remember in a second, but those, those are kind of my favorites. Um, I still, there's one book I like that's timeless, it's called Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which is a really good book about finding your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So those would be my top four or five that I can actually
2: remember right now. Cool. Yeah. Man, that led me to my deepest question of the day, and that's not sarcasm um it sounds like finding your purpose is very invaluable to people how would you give someone advice for like really diving into okay find out why you're here who you are like Mm -hmm. and what that means to the world
1: i think you have to have a conversation with yourself an authentic conversation with yourself and understand that you are unique that you are here for a reason here for a purpose at the right time at the right place your everything everything's lined up for you to be here right now and have the confidence that you bring something positive to the table not only for yourself but for others so I have to say that um, got a minute.
0: That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, think you, I think, I think you. I think you nailed it. I think you just
1: ended there. That's yeah, perfect. Right. <laughs> I, I,
2: I have nothing else
1: to dig for right now. I've got it all out. Thank yeah, you. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
2: Any hidden talents that we should know about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you tell us. We know.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well. No, I can't share those online. <laughs> <laughs> <covers the> <laughs> no, Secret Talents, um, I'm learning how to speak Haitian Creole. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to learn that. I teach myself guitar. Um, I like to study history uh, from other countries. You know, I try to understand other people's perspectives so I can be understood. So it's about the, the things that I, I deal with. I like art. I like to be creative. I like to write. I like to write poems. I know. You wouldn't notice it. You wouldn't. <laughs> Jack <laughs> but, of all trades. Yeah. But, and and I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm 57 years old. So, I mean, all these things have accumulated over time. You know. And I've got the luxury of the experience to draw upon the things that have served me. And so I really try to dial into the uh, behaviors and the mindsets that serve me so that I can uh, you know, make a difference in the world yeah. and the community and question.
0: So. Yeah, I definitely think you're doing that, John. I think it's super inspiring to see someone who uh, is 57, who's constantly trying to learn new things and uh, not really like trying to retire or settle down. It's like you just keep pushing, keep trying to learn and grow. I think it's really cool.
1: Now's the beginning, and uh, the good thing is, is that staying healthy will allow me to be able to take what I've learned and pass it on for as long as I can. And um, one of the things that, going back to the workouts and confidence, is that sometimes, especially with Coach Mo, she's so good. (laughs) She'll get me to the point where I'm almost about to black out, and I don't know where I am. (laughs) And I have the confidence that when I come out of my haze, that I'm going to be right here where I started. Under Mo's leadership, in, your, ship, in your station, she's <laughs> so patient. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Stay within your circle, your square. Yeah.
2: yeah, we're definitely blessed to have you guys. If you need to come to Beach Fit, make sure John is going to be there because it's always a good time. Good conversations to be had as well.
1: It's always a pleasure to see you.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, we'll wrap up there. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one.